success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible podcast. And are you ready for this? I have one of the most amazing invincible ones to introduce you to today. Lisa Townsend is a board certified music therapist and vocal coach who has spent over 15 years helping clients use music as a tool for self-discovery. Lisa's passion and expertise is in using creative voice work to help emerging leaders overcome limiting beliefs around their voice and create a safe and playful space for them to explore so they can sing and speak with courage and authenticity. Welcome, Lisa. We are so excited to have you here today on the She's Invincible podcast. Thank you so much, Cami. I loved the excitement with which you read my bio. It's so, you always have so much excitement in your voice and to be on the, uh, the recipient of that, I just want to thank you. That was beautiful. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, your bio is exciting. I love, love, love music and I love what we're going to talk about today. And I'm so grateful to have you here to speak to our listeners about one of my favorite, favorite, favorite things in the world. So let's do this. Let's jump in. Let's tell our listeners how in the world did you get where you are today and what makes you invincible? Well, let's start with a love of music. We have a shared love of music. I feel like I was singing from a very early age. My grandmother sang barbershop and she would sit at the piano and teach me harmonies and teach me how to play. Um, my dad loved to strum his guitar and play along. I was always singing with the Eagles and the Beatles and all of these classic rock, harm big harmony kind of songs. So music was around. Um, and of course I moved into choirs in elementary school and high school and musical theater in high school. And you know, then someone says, what do you wanna be when you grow up? For me, I loved my high school choir director. He was, he brought us together. We made, we made such a beautiful community as music makers together. And I thought, well, I want to be like Mr. Simicata. And I think that means I have to go and study music education. And so that's what I did. I went to the same college he did. You know, we don't know these things when we're young. We just kind of follow what is, excites us. And, uh, and I, I do love working with children. I knew that was a piece too. So I thought music education is it. Went to school. One semester in, music education was not for me. <laughs> I just knew I did not want a classroom of children. I didn't want to teach about the fundamentals of music, how to create rhythm, how music theory. Some of that stuff was actually hard for me. My love of music was the experiential piece. And so when I heard about music therapy, not knowing exactly what it was, I visited a college that had a music therapy program. I saw an on-site clinic where music was the tool for learning not the end product. And therefore, I, I knew exactly that I was in the right place at that time. That's where my heart, you know, flutters and gets excited about, you know, yeah, it's the experience of music. It's not the performance. And, uh, and primarily that was with children with intellectual um, and developmental disabilities. And that took me, that kind of just started me on this journey of music is the tool. How, how can it, I make it accessible to everyone? And that's how I found myself in the world of music therapy and then later into voice work, which I know we're going to get into today. Oh, I know. And I can't wait. I'm so excited to talk about that. So tell us what makes you invincible. 
you know, I think it's my willingness to try new things. I, I am very, very experiential as I just shared and I, and I feel energy in things, you know? And so I know when things are feel like an energy drain or things that excite me. And I, when something excites me, I just jump in, let's give it a try. What's the worst that can happen. That's kind of always been how, so I feel like in so much of what we're going to discuss today and in so much of business and being an entrepreneur, it's like, you just have to get a, a tiny bit of momentum and excitement and say, I, you know, I'm going to try this thing. It might actually sound really wild, too big, too outside of who I think I am, but I'm going to try it anyway. And to me, I, I have just proven to myself, I think invincibility is being willing to try things over and over again, and then learn where your strengths are so that you can try a new thing at, at a different level again and again, and, uh, and not get too discouraged because the lessons that you learn are what help you build from there. I love that. Oh my gosh. Well, let's jump into our topic. So today we are talking about how creative voice work and singing offers opportunities for aspiring leaders to build confidence and expand their impact. Let's dive in. Let's do it. So I think one of the things that I hear from my clients is that in the past, they have been told they're too loud. Maybe they're too quiet. In my world, they also say, oh, I can't sing. I don't sing. That's something other people do. And I think today we're going to have a lot of conversation around speaking and singing in these parallels. So I want to kind of lay the groundwork that, um, Again, we're not talking about performance. We're, used, we're talking about the voice as an instrument. The voice is a tool that we all have available to us um, and knowing how to use it is our greatest strength. So when we talk about uh, pairing these two things together, we talk about how uh, many of us have this memory of someone saying that we, we couldn't do something and that either holds us back or we rise above it. And some of us just need you and I've had these conversations off camera where we, we sometimes just need gentle, constant reminders that, uh, that we do, that our voice does matter, that our, um, our messages come from us. We can only say things in the way that we can, and that is how we build impact. So, and we can talk about specific pieces here. I know I'm kind of talking with an overview, but um, to me, Singing is a way to practice all of the important pieces that we need to have in our speaking voice to be dynamic, authentic, and to be heard in a way that our message is intended to be heard. And there are a lot of nuances in that. So we can get really nitty gritty and specific, but I thought I'd start with a bit of an overview there. I love that. I love that. You know, and here's the thing is, as you're talking, I'm thinking, and music is just another way to communicate, right? Like some people are not good communicators, right? They don't communicate well with their words. They say things they don't mean or, you know, right. Um, but yes. I, but as I listen to you and I think, wow, that is such a great way to communicate. And, and again, it's your own voice and your own you know, form of communication, just as it is in regular, like we're talking right now, right? So I love that. So tell us a few things about what people need to know. Like if you could, you know, pick a few things that people just must know about this, about how um, you have used uh, this work to help these other people. Um, I know you have done so many amazing things with music and voice and all of that. So let's just tell us the stories. That's great. So I do work with aspiring leaders, entrepreneurs, uh, executives, people who do, who actually might be really comfortable on stage, but when it comes to, and this kind of idea of singing would, would never, would actually be comfortable on a stage of thousands, but singing with me one-on-one -on, -one on Zoom is really intimidating. Those are the kinds of people I work with, right? And again, I don't work with performers. I have lovely colleagues to refer you out to. Um, I don't work with people who are trying to audition for things that, again, there's a, there's a niche for that. Um, I, I want to reinforce to people that their voice is their instrument and what they can do with it is something that no one else can do, right? And that goes beyond um, mimicking what you hear other people's do, but really sinking into the, the truth of your voice, what resonates with you and actually what excites you because that's what makes dynamic uh, speakers. So 
let's just do a quick overview of some of the things that, that we do in creative voice work. And I call it creative voice work because I think voice lessons sounds really intimidating to people. And though what we do is sing, what we also want to do is create a vocal playground for playfulness so that we remind ourselves we have all these registers in our voice that we can work with. We can find comfortable speaking so that we can be on Zoom or present on stages without feeling effort and pain when we do that. Um, and so some of the things we start talking about is that voice work, singing, speaking is full body. It is a full body experience. So we talk about how we have to anchor ourselves. You know, we've heard about the power pose, you yes. know, if you're getting Wonder ready woman. for something, this Wonder Woman, or, or I did it today. I bet you did too. We put on a music to pump us up for something, to get our energy, to match what we're going to be doing next. So we all, we naturally do this, but the ways that we can find in our voice, um, ways to both warm up for comfortable, to be comfortable, but also for clarity, for ease, so that conversations come out without you feeling Right now, my mouth is dry. I'm talking a lot. You know, I'm maybe not breathing through my nose because I'm talking through my mouth. <laughs> this is funny things. But I'm going to point out what's happening to me now in this moment to say it happens to all of us, but we create awareness so that then we can adjust and adapt, you know, in the moment because... Yeah. When we're singing, we only have three minutes, two minutes and 26 seconds or something, the average song length to kind right. of get our message across. And so, you know, once you're off and running, you've got to keep it going. And what can you do to adjust? One of those things is kind of knowing the awareness of not only your voice, but your body and your presence, um, your physical, physical body also that comes with breath support. That comes with, you know, anchoring yourself to grounding in to, you know, your, um, I've got my feet grounded on the floor. I've got my bottom grounded and I'm, I'm engaging my core so that I'm not putting all of the work I'm pointing to my throat for those of you listening, you know, in, in my instrument, um, which then can tax it. Um, so some of those simple things to then vocal pacing. If we're speaking on Zoom versus on a stage, those are different environments with headphones on, with headphones off, different environments. So we, when we hear ourselves, when we learn through singing how to hear ourselves better, we can talk a little bit about the pacing of our, our message, taking intentional breaths so that people listen in the moments that, and I'm slowing myself down as I'm, as I'm giving you this to kind of demonstrate when we're excited, voice just comes out of us in singing and in then, you know, speaking authentically, we can kind of settle into, oh no, that's not the natural rhythm. That's my excited rhythm. I'm going to take a moment. I'm going to um, be cognizant of breath and phrasing, leaving intentional pauses so that the listener can actually process what you've just said. These are like the nuances that we don't always think about, right? Singing yeah. is a really fun way to practice these because they're built in. You don't actually, you actually are just singing halfway through a phrase and you think, oh gosh, I'm out of air. What do I do? Um, we don't normally do that in speech so much. We kind of get to the end of the phrase and then reset. But every line of speech or singing text is an opportunity to begin again. So we practice that with singing. And then we talk about vocal textures. How do we add texture to our voice? So again, if we're talking like this, it's really hard to hear what I'm saying and you might not know what word to connect to. And then you're waiting for me to take a breath because it's very uncomfortable. <gasps> There's her breath. <laughs> what did she just say? I don't know. It don't all know. sounded the same and she sounds uncomfortable. I'm getting uncomfortable for her. Okay. I mean, that's this, this reflection piece of and is what I'm saying being received the way I intend it to? And sometimes it's like, no, I have to practice that. I have to practice intentionally adding some higher notes to my voice, some lower grounded notes. And then, you know, these, I'm calling them like peaks and valleys. And I'm using my hands a lot over here, listeners. But, you know, if, if text is like, you know, in Colorado, we have the Eastern Plains, they're nice and flat. But there's these small mountains and valleys in our voice that we can create at the beginning, at the end, in the middle of phrases, so that our audience can really listen. And we're telling them what the important words are, or the important phrases are to listen to. So you know, what's really interesting, I'm listening to you with what you just said now. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is what they teach in speaking classes. 
Exactly. Right. It's like how to captivate the audience, where to, where to pause, how, you know, to lift your voice and lower your voice and whisper and speak a little louder and give a little power. And, uh, and so this is so cool. So, so but, cool. Like, singing is where you naturally practice that Cami, right? That's yes. it naturally happens. Well, or I should say people aren't aware. I think people go right to, I don't sing. And I'm like, oh no, you can, we're just going to teach you a we're going to go around the bend and try it this way so that you recognize what is available. There's this toolbox. And yes, speaking classes are exact. This is, you could make a good parallel for like, you know, singing is a really fun way to do speaking classes <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because then you don't feel like you're acting, you know, in a way the lyrics of a song and having music under us moves us in a different way that we can kind of check out of our, 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 our logical head that's saying, you know, oh, you're saying that wrong or try, try to breathe more. And then singing is like, oh no, you have to breathe. You're out of air, you know? And so anyway, it creates natural opportunities to practice these things in a way that is exciting and fun. And if music lights you up, then this is a really fun way to take all of what you're, yeah, what you've mentioned and put that into um, music, music being the tool to take us to awareness for speaking. And, you know, conversations in everyday life to, you know, asking for a raise to being on a podcast interview uh, to right? speaking on a stage to thousands, you know. I, I was just going to say that, like, my intention is to speak more this year in 2022. And I'm thinking, don't be surprised if I'm up there speaking and I break out of my best karaoke. <laughs> Right. Because it really is. There's a correlation there. And uh, that's so cool. And, you know, I always, always knew like and always had said music moves the soul. Right. So you go into events and they're playing music. You go to the dentist. They're playing elevator music. Right. They're using that to relax you in a natural way. And I think that's so amazing that something as beautiful as music really can move your soul. It can shift your energy. It can, I, I think you and I talked about this before you hear a song and it takes you back 40 years. You remember smells, you remember songs, You but you don't, I always remember the words. I know you do too, right? But even if you don't remember the words, you remember what was happening around you and how that song made you feel. We are so connected and we don't even know it. It's on a subconscious level that these things are implanted, I would say, yes. into our psyche. And then they come out and they bring this, uh, this wave of emotions of, you know, good or bad, right? I mean, it could be either or I have friends who have negative associations to some music. So mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. yeah, so I just think it's amazing. And I would love to talk a little bit about how you can use music to heal the body, because I know that's a big thing. And I just would love to hear what you have to say about that. Well, you're speaking to a few things that I think uh, people don't often think about with music. I mean, I think we all know, and, and I'll tie this into, you know, what you can do, because I, I do want to empower people. You don't need, oh, the idea is you won't need me forever. Even in music therapy, we work on these goals together. The idea is you don't need music to do it. Music is the tool because it's a different pathway of learning. It's a different part of your brain. It accesses different parts of your brain. It, you can use music to create new neural pathways so that you don't need the music later on. And then you have these tools available to you. You don't always need someone to help facilitate, right? Or guide you. Then you have them yourself. So when you talk about using music to pump yourself up, absolutely. It brings music memory stay with us the longest. So there are times, and here's a very recent example, Super Bowl. I saw a great um, thing online where it said people over 50, this is the worst Super Bowl ever. And uh, people under 30, like, who are these people? And everyone in between, which is like a 10 year <laughs> age gap. Everyone, there's a picture of Snoop Dogg doing one of his moves. And everyone knows what that move feels like. Because we were all in our 20s and we were dancing in clubs. Or we were, that's what was on the radio. So music takes us back to very specific times. And so there are opportunities where if you think, um, I'm trying to think if I did, if I used it this weekend, because I've shared with you, I was using music for myself in several ways. Yeah, I put on an album of music that uh, reminds me of a certain time in my life, and my body relaxes. I actually remember walking through these forests, I was, you know, these stories will come up a little later in our conversation, because I know we're going to talk about them. But I was in a different country, I was in the midst of a lot of change and transition. And I 
wanted to take myself back to that moment because I just needed to work through some things just in my head. So I put on this album and it really brings my body a totally different sense of um, comfort, um, space to reflect, right? We also, of course, use music to pump us up. That's why people work out with music in their ears. It's funny in the time of podcasts, I know people are listening to podcasts, but there are certain podcasts now that match an energy that I need and other ones that I use at the end of the night when I just need to wash the dishes and and kind of wind down for the night. So all of those are available to you. I also want to name that you said, uh, I think you mentioned a friend saying that certain songs can bring harm. In the music therapy world, we talk about that a lot because... um, We've seen music in hospitals and things, and there are volunteers who come in to do work um, and play songs. And there are music therapists who are trained to kind of know the environment, know the client, and know that music can do harm. And so there are times where you should not pull yourself to a a place in your past that might have not be a place that you want to revisit because that is cellular memory. Again, it's musical memory. It stays with us. Sometimes you have to be kind of aware or just say to yourself, you know, this, I'm not feeling this song. I don't know why I'm not going to process it. I'm just going to pay attention and say, no, I need, I need something that's not too high, not too low. I need something that's a great in the middle and maybe even create yourself playlists for, um, you know, you could name them something really fun. Yes, that's a great idea. These are work playlists. I'm just doing some spreadsheets and I don't have to think too hard or no, I'm getting ready for a big event. I want to pump myself up. I listened to A Million Dreams by the, um, uh, from The Greatest Showman just before I we got on. One. Oh my gosh, that's my I favorite. Wanted, yeah, yeah. And I, I thought, you know, this is, I am living my dream and I want to be reminded of that this Monday morning before I hop on with Cammie. And uh, let's see, I think the other thing I want, I would say about healing the body or, or at least a, a, using music as a tool as a full body experience. So listening is one thing, right? Singing takes it to a different level. I would encourage people and car karaoke, you and I are both fans of this, actually putting voice, not just listening, but putting voice to it. And and why? Well, let's think about it. We're speaking right now, I feel vibrations in my throat primarily, a little bit in my chest. When we sing, we create vibration. We can send that vibration lots of places. That that could take us into a whole other conversation. So we won't go too deep into that. But just think of when we say a song resonates with us, we feel that somewhere. Well, our voice literally can take that. And and some would say it's like a a vocal massage, right? You can sing into your chest. You can sing into a place that where your heart is beating, where you feel anxious. And you can send vibration there just by singing. You could hum along. Anything that is putting voice can shift the energy even more. And I would say, take it deeper. Um, Whether that then makes the lyrics more intentional to the moment or whether you just, it just feels good to create sound and not for what you're hearing, but maybe how you're feeling, if that makes sense. It does. Those are some of my top tips. It does. And that reminds me of a funny story I have to tell you and see what you think about this. It's kind of like what came first, the chicken or the egg? So uh, when when my son was young, we carpooled to a private school and he's like me, like, turn the music up. We're going to bop in the seat and we're going to sing. And this is the greatest thing. But there were other kids in the car that were, you know, we carpooled together and they were in the back seat. And the one little girl, and I'm not going to shout her out. She knows who she is. And I bet you she's listening right now. because She listens every week. But anyway, she was like, why do you guys always have to sing? Can't you just listen to the song? and like the person who's singing it. And I said, my response was, we sing because we're happy, right? So we're happy and we love the song and we want to sing. But as you and I are talking, I'm thinking, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Do we sing because we're happy or does singing make us happy? What happens there, Lisa? Let's go there. I think both can be true. Honestly, and I think, and that is something that is, uh, when I talk about creating awareness through the voice, I would say to you, Cammie, you know, I would almost have to pull it to you to say, is this just a habit? Is singing like a habit? 
or do you know, you know, you get inspired by the lyrics and then, yeah, you, you just want to, it's almost like you're, you, you can use music to meet yourself in the moment. So if you happen to throw on just a random playlist, you might not sing along, but you might say, you know what this is, I'm going to pull this back, but like a Van Halen moment. I don't know if what music your kid like, but you know, that was definitely part of my childhood. Some of those big rock songs versus we're putting on some James Taylor and driving to school. <laughs> I might be like, thanks, mom. We're just chilling out before we get to school today. And you might not sing along. You might just say, you know, this song makes me happy to listen to because of the way it makes me feel. So there is no clear cut answer for that. I would almost have to say, Kimmy, how are you feeling in this moment? Why did you choose this song? Uh, and, and give you some moments to reflect on that. But the truth is, I mean, music can match or we can match our mood to a song or we can use music to match the mood we're in and move us out of that into something else, if that makes sense. I love it. I'm sure she's going to love your response too. <laughs> also, listening to music, there are some people who really are uncomfortable with using their voice. So I, I honor that for everyone, voice work is not it. And, and it's very vulnerable and it's very scary. And we have, we all have, have some self-judgment around it. Again, we have these stories that may or may not be ours around our voice. And so maybe in her family, they just really appreciated music by listening. And then it's a, it, then it's a really individual experience, right? But if one of you is listening and one of you is singing, you co-create this, this experience where one of them is, you know, <laughs> might be like, this is way outside my comfort zone. Cause I don't know. I just, that's not how I experience music. Um, and there's no right or wrong. It's just a different, it's just a different experience. I, so love I think it. that's a fun conversation. Actually, it, it when you're really, on a road trip, you should probably know your people before you get in, into oh, a long car. There you go. We're telling them to about... pack their, their earplugs or something, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> because, oh my gosh, like, I think it's the most joyful thing ever to have car karaoke. So for those who are not comfortable singing, try car karaoke first, all by yourself. Then when you get that down, then open the windows and turn it up louder. <laughs> and then at some point, hopefully you'll all be but you know, it is really a great way to elevate yourself, your mood, your joy. Oh my gosh. You know, you can't be sad when there's a great, fun, happy song on like, uh, the happy song, right? <laughs> How yeah. can you be sad when the happy song comes on? Right. And so I think it's just amazing. And I love the work that you're doing. I think it's just so cool. And I'm so happy to have you here with us. I want to hear about your program. I know you've got some things that you're doing right now with your clients uh, around music and some programs you're offering. So let's talk about the soul led singing. I think I might need that. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. I want an easy way to bring in some of the creative voice work tools that I use with clients to be accessible to everyone. So I decided let's do a membership. Let's do a weekly meetup on zoom. We're going to do it on Mondays. I'm right now playing around with the time of day. I want it to be accessible to as many time zones as possible. And I have friends across the ocean. So I wanted to bring the vocal playground to everyone. And so lead singing is something, uh, you know, in playing with words, I thought it's not singing like your favorite artist. It's singing like you. And how do I introduce you to how you sound? And how do we play with all of the elements of voice that are not intimidating? It's way beyond do re mi's. We're not, we are not doing vocal drills. This is uh, a, a way to reflect and use your voice at the beginning of the week to set you up for success. And so the reason I really wanted to pull this is my, my client's favorite thing about what we do is maybe the three minutes of our one-on-one -on -one voice work together where we set an intention for the lesson or for our session. And oftentimes it morphs into not just for today, but how do I want to feel this week? And because I'm working with entrepreneurs and people in business and leadership roles, it's almost like we're going to use song to set the mood for the week. So we set a musical intention and I just take what I did last week with, um, uh, we're, we're trying out some free sessions to get people um, a, a sneak peek of what we're going to be doing. We said, how do you want to feel this week? How, how, how can we take, you know, an intention and set it to song? And my job is to then take your words and literally set them to music for you. And so we just kind of, people put it in the chat. We're on a live Zoom call. We pull that together. We create a song. They hit record if they want to on their phone so they can come back to it. It's simple. It's easy. It's repetitive. I don't care how your voice sounds. Nobody can hear you. You're on mute on Zoom, but you can hear you. And then we can talk about um, 
we're going to kind of expand on this, this playfulness of, Hey, this is my voice. I'm just introducing myself to it in a new way. I'm going to take it and actually use a vocal intention to set my week up. Um, and they, the idea actually would be that this would be a women's circle of sing, singing people who love music that are taking the excitement with which music brings us, you know, joy and, uh, yeah, I, I, I have a lot of ideas, so I'm trying not to, you know, tell you them all, but expand yeah. on what it can mean to take your voice. No one can hear you. You use it for you for the week. Reference back the work that we did on Monday set, you know, you can record us and, um, and then listen to that throughout the week as you're having the bumps and obstacles that we all have and we all face and say, you know, oh, you know, I said I needed to let go. Okay. What did that mean on Monday? What does that mean on Thursday for me? Oh, I'm just letting go. Just going to let this go or, or this is how I want to feel. So we kind of have a different prompt every week. Um, and, and you get to be an active part, co-creating a musical opportunity for us as a group to both cheer each other on in the work that we're doing. And let's talk about frequency and vibration. If we all are speaking this out loud and we're creating this small musical tidbit around it, imagine the elevation with which we are, we're telling the universe, hey, we, want, we need some of this stuff bring it to us. It might not be in a way that we envisioned on Monday, but it, that's the point. We can have some reflection later in the week and say, you know, how did this serve me? And how did I use this mantra or affirmation to kind of get me through the week? I love it. It made me think of Elf. It must be true. Remember in the movie where they say about the Christmas cheer and when the people oh. start singing <laughs> yeah, that, the rain, that the reindeers will go, the meter goes up and the reindeers can fly. Oh, that's oh a great my visual. gosh. It's all about that's elevation, right? Oh, mm -hmm. you're saying that. And I'm thinking and amplification. Yes, yes, elevation. I love, I love that. that. Oh my gosh, you know, that's my favorite Christmas movie. Okay, so so what happens after that? What else do you do? So you have that, and then what other programs are you doing that, lead, you know, lead from there? Yeah, so then Be Bold With Your Voice is a group voice coaching program. And what we do, it's very curated because I, again, care very much about the energy in the room and the people that I bring in and, and want to make sure that we are all kind of an energetic fit for one another. It's also really scary to share your voice with one person, let alone five. But ideally, it's no more than five. It's up to five people um, in a small group where we kind of set the intention that we're going to choose a song that we do share at the end of our, our time together. Um, this has been historically a five-week program. I think I'm going to bump it to six weeks. Well, I'm playing with that this year. Uh, so the idea, again, being we have a goal song in mind. We learn the foundations of our voice. We're going to kind of each week is a chapter of what is available to me? What is this tool that I have and how can I use it? And so it's mostly live. There is some online work that you can reference, but the idea is we're teaching it live. We practice it throughout the week. And my favorite thing about this program um, and any of my small group work together is that we use asynchronous feedback. So you can send me a video or an audio message with you know, practicing these techniques that we talk about out, out loud to me. So my phone has little notifications and I'm like, oh, can't be singing in my pocket. I can't wait to listen to this. And then I can give you technique throughout the week. So not only is it one live, you know, session and that's recorded if you need to review it later, but then throughout the week, every day, you can send me a little love notes, little musical love notes where I can then say, I hear what you're trying to do. Let's try this. Do you remember that technique? Let's try and pull that in. Do you hear the difference in my voice? Because again, singing and our voice is a lot about listening, awareness. And so that we have small moments in between those big sessions so that you and I know we're on the right track. And by the time we're done with this session, you feel comfortable and everyone does this differently. Some turn off their cameras, some light a candle. We bring a hot beverage and a glass of wine and we share the song that we've been practicing these weeks together and share it out loud. And that's sometimes the biggest it's not about how you sing it. It's about actually singing and sharing your voice with others. So that's more of the singing piece of it. Here are all the tools. Here's the foundations that you need to know to get a good start before we then dive deep in one-on-one in -on -one mentorship. That's amazing. And wine. So it's going to be just like karaoke. <laughs> it's a little bit. Yeah. But you know, oh, so I should say this. I <laughs> yeah. don't have you sing along with the artist. I create a vocal track just for you. That is an accompaniment track in the key 
in the tempo. You know, we want it at a speed that you can sing it. Sometimes when we sing along, we think, God, this is a great song, but it's just so fast. So we, we take the time to slow it down or speed it up, put it in a key that matches your voice so that you can then sing. It, it truly is about your voice and not about your favorite artist. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things to do with people actually. Uh, sounds amazing. And then you have one more program, right? Well, yeah. Then we move into one-on-one -on -one vocal mentorship, which is much more of a, so we, now we know the singing techniques. How do we take that deeper? How do we then talk about being a dynamic speaker or one of my favorite things that clients do in, in this program, because then we can do a lot more, um, the word I'm thinking of is uh, not intention. We've just been talking about integration, right? We want to take what we learn and really integrate it and then have time to practice it um, at a deeper level. Still have some one-on-one, -on -one, you know, support throughout the day if you choose to send me a little love note. But ideally, clients will then bring a song that kind of represents what they're working through. And it can be a project song. They usually decide, let's work on this for two or three weeks. I not only want to learn the song, but the lyrics are really relevant to me right now. I'm making big leaps in my business. I need to think outside the boundaries with which I put on myself. And I'm going to use this song to represent this journey that I'm on or, you know, and everyone uses the mentorship a little differently. It's very goal-based. I want you to reach your goals. We set some of those intentions and we get to go deeper with that voice work and said it a little more, we bring in more of the speaking at that point to, yeah, who am I in this, this whole body voice that I have and what is this instrument capable of? Uh, what you just said just kills me. This whole body voice, right? I'm just thinking about this is that, you know, we talked earlier about, you know, the message, right? No one can tell your story, but no one else has the same voice as you either. Like, not even the slightest bit like you. No. And that is so cool. And it just, I just had this epiphany moment just now when you said that. Cammie, you have a dynamic voice. If I were, <laughs> if my podcast app opened up and started randomly playing things, I would know your voice. I could pick it out. We all have that available to us. If I said, James Earl Jones, you hear a voice in your head. If I say Glennon Doyle, you hear a voice in your head. Yes. Um, Tony Robbins, you know, there's certain people who have very, very distinctive voices. Yeah. But I, I think my, my true joy in watching people overcome this limitations, these limitations they have on their voice, either that they set for themselves or that someone else set in the stories of their childhood is that they recognize that they have that same power with their voice. Yeah. And it's, that's what makes it authentic. You don't sound like anyone else. You sound like you. How do you sound more like you? Hearing yourself. <laughs> How do you hear yourself? By singing. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was hard for me too. When I started podcasting, because I was the kind of person who didn't want to do Facebook lives. I didn't want to record myself. I was like, I don't want to hear that back. And why, if I don't want to hear it, nobody else does either. Right. And like, these are the stories we tell ourselves, but you know, I just got used to it now and it just doesn't bother me anymore. Yes. And, you know, and I do, I do say, you know, record yourself because go back and listen to your very first recording and then see how far you you've come, right? We're always so focused on how far we have to go, but we need to sometimes look back and see how far we've come. So, okay, let's tell our listeners where they can find you. Yes. Find me on Instagram, at least the towns in music. I am like you. I am practicing what I preach and trying to get out of being a well-kept secret and, and working with people through word of mouth and making sure that, you know, there are opportunities to practice using our voice and Instagram is a, a really fun place to be. So I'm building that now. I love that. That's so awesome. And to our listeners, if you could just click the links right now while you're listening, if you want to get to Lisa, just click the link in the show notes. It'll take you right to her and you can connect with her there. This has been so fun. You know, Lisa, on the She's Invincible podcast, we promise our listeners we're going to bring them fierce female entrepreneurs and we're going to share their expert zone of genius. And you have done that so well today. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Uh, but, 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 but we also promise them 
we are going to pull back the curtain and we are going to share that Lisa, the, the Lisa that journeyed to this place of success, the one who started out different, right? And became mm-hmm. who she is because of the journey. And so we promise our listeners that we're going to show them the authenticity of the story, of the success, the price that we have to pay for success. So many people would love to have your success, but not many of them want to have to overcome the obstacles that you had to overcome to get there. Mm-hmm. So right now we're going to we're going to show them that Lisa. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> this is always the most fun and reflective and oh, such a beautiful, beautiful time. So let's do this. Let's start with the good. Tell us a story about the good or the great of your journey to where you yeah. are today. And thank you for these questions. They are very helpful and reflective. And I think they remind us they they almost validate where we are now um, to think through, you know, the three levels of success in this way. I think, you know, I did, I did a lot of music therapy work for many years. I worked in the nonprofits for many years and then I was doing family music classes with moms and their babies. And I noticed how often parents withheld singing with their children in class. And I thought, man, this is, this is kind of the spark of all this work for me, where I'm noticing if moms aren't singing to their babies, what's going on? Like, what is the story? And to your point, you just mentioned people do not like the sound of their voice. That is a common factor. Then you put it in a room of people and you think, oh gosh, they're, they're listening to me. No, it's not about performance. We're here for the experience of music. What, what is going on? I thought to myself, what if I took words that parents use with their children every day? You know how you, I'm sure with your son, you had a certain phrase you said, or you wanted to instill certain values and things that you kind of say over and over again. What if we took those messages from moms, put them into a song that's simple, beautiful, that they could then have and share with their, uh, with their babies. And actually I stopped myself from saying sing, because that would be the third thing, right? Like they had, they not only take their words, I put them to song and then ideally they would sing it to their babies. So the good in all of this was, it's almost like the impetus for where I am now that I said, I want people to sing comfortably with their babies I think if I took the anxiety of the lyrics out, it's the things they are, they are saying every day, every night at bedtime, I put it into a simple melody. So it's not something you have to focus too hard on. Could they then use their voice and share this musical message, their words with their babies? So I started writing songs. <laughs> and I reached out to some women uh, that I had gone to college with. And I said, you know, you have, I I picked somebody in particular that I knew had some things going on with their family. I said, can I write a song for your son? And in fact, I'll, I'll share it. Um, She had, she had had uh, a miscarriage in between her first and her third babies. And so she had her rainbow baby. And I said, could I, could I write a song for him? I'm doing this thing. And she said, of course. Yeah, that sounds great. Of course. And she loved it so much. She asked if I could write one for her (laughs) five-year-old. Like she needs her own song now. Great. Then I went to another friend whose son had some language issues. Uh, They had found out that he had had a stroke in utero and um, she was, she was working with him to learn that he could share his voice. And we wrote this song where she said to him every night, you are brave, you are strong, you are smart. And she also said in this song, we put in there, we want to hear your voice. We want to know what you have to say. So he would hear this song and he'd say, oh, they want to know. And, you know, and then I've got these empowering messages. And that kid knew his song in four nights of listening to it and memorized it and then would sing it and start sharing his voice more with his family, um, despite some of his language difficulties. And then his big brother also had a song. So after I had four songs under my belt, I thought, okay, I, I'm a songwriter. I, I didn't know that I could. I tried it. Um, I worked out all of the bugs in between, which is, includes going to a, a recording studio and, you know, writing a guitar accompaniment and it's just guitar voice and their words. So that really started me on this whole journey. If I'm, if I'm honest, <laughs> I love that. 
I love that. That is so amazing. And what a gift, right? You gave to the mom, like talk about building confidence and communication. I mean, babies need to be sang to, right? So, yes. oh my goodness. You know, and it made me think of my grandson. My daughter-in-law sent me a video and my three-year-old grandson was singing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star to his brand new little brother. And, and I thought, oh, I hope the world never gets a hold of him, right? Because yes, yes. that part of him right now is so pure and so eager to sing that. And then as he grows and is criticized and, you know, criticizes himself and all of that, like, is that going to go away? Because right now it's so pure and so precious. And, uh, but you don't see too many, you know teenage boys or young dads that are singing like that. So, oh my gosh, but it's so precious and such a gift. And I love that you're doing this and just changing these, you know, it just really changes the trajectory of these children, you know, hearing their mom's voice. And um, like we say, like, we don't want to hear our own voice, but oh my gosh, our kids want to hear our voices. They absolutely do. And you modeling that you're safe and comfortable using their voice. It's like, you know, that your words become your children's inner monologue, whether you want it to or not. And so, and that also includes action or inaction. So if, if they see you not doing something, they're going to perceive that as not safe or not good. Well, you don't want your teenage daughter to not speak up when she needs to in important ways, because the model was, I don't use my voice because I don't like the sound of it. I mean, I know that's an oversimplification, but that this is how the thread of, I actually, and I think that happens around age seven or eight, where we start to become aware of what other people think of us. So the women I work with are almost like those eight or nine-year-olds who just need to be reminded of the power of their own voice and reconnect with it. Because at some point there is either a model or something outspoken, you know, said out loud that, that takes that joy and that spark away. And that's such a beautiful story that you shared. It's, it's so true that we see this beautiful light and joy. And so we almost have to model that in order for our children to feel confident in the future. And those are the people I work with now in voice work. It, it, it had translated. The thread is, oh, I want to work with those women who think they can't. I want mm. to prove them wrong. And then I want to show them how using their voice externally also changes their inner narrative, their inner voice. It rewrites a lot of uh, messaging. Yeah, it's powerful stuff. Yeah. And you know, it's so funny. Every time you open your mouth, I think of something else. It is so, it's so magical. So, but I was thinking about what you were saying, your response to that was, you know, on a playground, right? So moms take their kids to the playground, right? And there could be 30 kids out there on the playground and one of them yells mom and that mom knows that's her kid and she stops dead in her tracks. They, it, isn't that amazing? Yes. When you like, like we take all of this for granted. And yet when you stop and think about it, just about our voice and there's so much to it, it just blows my mind. Oh, this is so fun. All right. <laughs> well, now we got to talk about the bad. So tell us a story about the bad part of your journey. Well, like many people, the pandemic threw a wrench in everything. So I realized that everything I did relied on me physically being somewhere, driving somewhere, <laughs> driving to a space where I opened my mouth and I sang, usually with a guitar or a piano. And all of those things were suddenly not available to me. It was like my world just like, you know, just kind of shrunk into this little like, well, who am I if I don't, if I can't do these things? I have built, I've been spending time building these up and now what? And I did adapt and, and we can talk about some of that. I, of course, we all had to adapt, but um, one of the things I realized is that there were people who had moved their business online long before the pandemic. Um, and you and I spoke briefly before this about how it's, it's some of these things we didn't even know were possible, right? You almost just need to see, and I'm sure this happens in your conversations a lot where we all say, especially entrepreneurs, all I needed was like someone who was 10 steps ahead of me, you know, or 20 steps ahead of me. Sometimes if they're, if they're a block ahead, that's too far. You can't see yourself in them. And what happened, the, pan the pandemic had to 
shift our perspective so much of what was possible in the world. This is not just my story, but it, what it forced me to do is say, okay, I don't know how long these limitations are going to be here. My livelihood relies on me being physically somewhere using my voice. And actually now I'm realizing how exhausting that is to be driving everywhere, you know, physically using an instrument, using my body. And, um, and now I'm, I'm, I'm working on a screen that is, you know, the size of a, a laptop screen. Um, how can I be as expansive and have the impact that I want to and not let those limitations of the pandemic keep me, keep me stuck. And so I did have to adapt and, uh, and joined a mentorship where people were taking their businesses online, um, seeing music, any kind of music business and voice work in a new way. And I started to see the possibilities, what was possible. Um, and actually saying that some of the things I had been doing, I didn't, I no longer were serving me. The energy that I was fueled by were, were by things I didn't know were possible until the world shut down. That yeah. is amazing. And that, you know, there, there's so much, you know, terrible things that happened, but there are so many gifts. And I think this is one of the gifts uh, to you, to other musicians. And I, I mentioned this to you. One of my favorite things, you know, being in the pandemic was having these artists get together on TV and do, do these concerts. And I just, you know, that I, we need more of that. We, mm -hmm. I would like to see that continue, you know, even though now they're going out in public, I still think that was such an amazing experience uh, for so many people. And I would love to see more of that collaboration uh, and just how they supported each other and, and the world uh, in with their art and their work and their talent. And I think that was amazing. And I love what you're doing. And, you know, Kimmy, as you said that, I thought it was so intimate. We didn't know how intimate it could be. I, I listened to one of my favorite artists. He got me through a lot of very lonely nights of, of the pandemic. Um, and he was on Instagram live and he, he would go live and he'd do a little fundraiser for um, various organizations. And he was streaming his, his songs. And I, I was, I remember very clearly sitting in my recliner under a blanket feeling like I had a weighted, I bought myself a weighted blanket during the pandemic because I just felt I was missing hugs. I was missing, you know, and so his singing not only felt like a warm hug because I was familiar with him, but it was like, he, he was in my living, you know, in my living room with me and I'm snuggling and I, I, it, I can't tell you how intimate that felt. And I think before before the pandemic, you would have thought sitting behind a screen would feel very um, removed, but there was, there, and there is, there has been an adaptation to being on Zoom, but I very quickly realized that, yeah, the work I was doing with children felt like I was performing to a screen because they couldn't give the, the, the same interaction. Um, but I wanted to create what this musician was creating, which was how do we actually make this feel really intimate? Adults can adapt to that a lot more than children. And that's one of the joys of this work has been, you know, we get online with clients every week and it is like, I can't believe I've never hugged you. I can't believe I've never met you in person. That actually doesn't seem possible. We have created, co-created something so beautiful. Music is our, is our shared love. I mean, I don't know how many other businesses had that kind of a reflection, but I do feel very blessed that or grateful that my experience uh, as lonely and hard as that was turned into like my, my connection with others and therefore then their connection with their clients. And then we create these, you know, new possibilities that we never knew were there. Yeah. And those possibilities are taking us into a whole new direction and a, and a whole different world. And, you know, some of that is amazing. Oh my gosh, this has been so great. But now my friend, <laughs> you know where we're going <laughs> because it is in the ugly where we are defined, where we have those moments, those epiphanies, yes. the things that, that changed our life and show us so much about who we are. And so let's go there. Let's tell our listeners a story about the ugly part of your journey. Mm -hmm. I love how cheerful you are when you say that. <laughs> and I do mean it. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's so lovely because it is, it, I, it, I believe for me, I am, I'm taking this in as a lovely invitation to go into something that feels uncomfortable and vulnerable, but 
it is a part of the journey. And sometimes those stories, you just don't know, you don't know what they're going to be until down the line. So for me, I had left, I'd been in Colorado for uh, seven years and I fell in love and sold everything I owned. My mom and her husband drove my car back to New York where they lived and, you know, sold off all but a few pieces of furniture. Um, uh, I gave them to a friend to have in her guest room. <laughs> and I picked up and I moved overseas. And at that point, uh, it was all the things that everyone my age should be doing, you know, finding love, starting a family, and this was going to be my future. I'd say within a month of being uh, in my new home, I realized both the relation, the, the relationship primarily wasn't what I thought it was. And I don't know what's scarier. I mean, having just like left everything familiar, it was hard to throw out like the most expensive lotion anyone gave me, right? Like you have to really choose carefully what's going in a bag to move overseas with you. And so I, it just had been such an emotional process. And then to realize that what you thought was not, uh, what it seemed and then kind of figuring out navigating the next steps. So I, I took plenty of time, even though I feel I felt in my bones, I knew what my story was. I heard that inner voice. I gave it plenty of time to know the truth before I made a move. And when I did, when I knew I knew, then I had to, I had to act right. Our inner voice always knows earlier, yeah. but we, we just it. don't listen. We don't listen. <laughs> That's a whole a other while. voice conversation that we could yes. have. Yeah. Yes. The, the stronger your external voice, the stronger your internal voice. You need to learn to listen to yourself. And, and we all do that in our own time. I'm much faster about those decisions now because I've had these, these opportunities. But uh, when I left, I, I had very good friends who said, you know, you worked so hard to get here. Don't go home, wherever home is. Don't go, don't go back. Don't go over the ocean. How about that? Stay here, come stay with us, come figure it out. And I remember they would go to work every day. They had um, two girls at the time um, and I would help with things around the house and, and they were so lovely. It allowed me this space to say, okay, I am literally the blankest slate I have ever been in my life, you know, where I have agency and choice and determination. And I remember looking at jobs all around the world and saying, okay, what's next? Where am I going? I could literally go anywhere and feeling really uh, defeated that nothing was really calling to me. So I think on, a, on a, an especially low day, I just reached out to a, the community in a, um, a music therapy position I had held for all seven years I had lived in Colorado um, doing music therapy at a school. And I sent one of my friends there a message. I said, hey, I'm thinking about coming back to Colorado. And she said, we haven't hired for your position. I'm in a staff meeting now. Should I tell them you're coming back? <laughs> I said, no, but it's good to know that that's an option. <laughs> I hadn't decided yet. And then another friend said, hey, I work at a hospital. We have an opening on our integrative healing team. You know, if you're, if you're truly thinking of coming back, um, we would love to have you. You'd be a great fit. So I interviewed for that position from Denmark, from Copenhagen, from my friend's office. And I knew that this other job that I had loved, really had loved, was still available and open to me. And I, so the ugly of this, right? You can hear some of the ugly. I'm leaving some of the ugly story out. But starting over meant that I wanted to rewrite my story. I didn't want the story to happen to me. I didn't want to go home and have people say, oh, you had all this possibility and it didn't work out. And, and now your story is it didn't work out. So I was very intentional. Yeah, I wanted to be very intentional about my next steps. And so I felt like the universe kind of dropped in my lap. Familiarity, new opportunities uh, that really lit my heart up. You know, I got very excited about it. And then I thought, no, I'm, I'm choosing to go home. It is not, it is not a default I'm making the choice to go back and I have some really exciting things to go back to. And I'm still going to, even though it's a familiar ground, I'm coming back a new person. I'm not going to live in the same part of town. I'm going to choose something intentionally so different because I am different. And it had only been eight, eight, nine months away. 
Um, there was still some messy in there, but uh, it was an ugly time. It was a really ugly time. Look at you now, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's all yeah. I have to say. Look at you yeah. now. Like, you know, so grateful for the experience. I mean, it could have been even uglier, right? I mean, if you really think about it. So, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. So we, when we look at all the possibilities and the bigger picture, we, we know that it could always be worse, yes. uh, but look at you because now you're doing, this pushed you right back. You came back to Colorado. Now you had the freedom to do what you love. Now you have this business, you're helping people all over the world and you're doing what you're most passionate about. Yes. And oh my gosh, like who you, would you have ever done that? No. And you said a good word there. It's like, you know, I had possibility and I had, I had time and space to really craft intentionally what came next. And I could have said, I'm going to take a nine to five job, uh, because that's safe. Um, it's predictable. And I definitely needed safe and predictable in my life at that time. But, but what excited me was you're never going to have this slate. Again. It's much harder to leave a nine to five and jump into entrepreneurship take this lullaby idea you had. So I had the idea for the lullabies in Germany, you know, in this, this creative space when I was away from everything. Um, and I could have run that from there had everything worked out, but I took that and a familiar, you know, contract job that I had and this new opportunity in a hospital that I had always, you know, thought about, but never knew was possible to me. And, you know, it was like the universe said, Lisa, you, you jump into all the things that you love take these and build something from them. So my foundation was maybe five deep of different jobs that I had, but I was thrilled to be there as opposed to putting myself in some silo where all of my creativity and my, you know, the other work I had done on myself before then would have maybe gone to perish <laughs> for a time. And here you are, you know? you're where exactly where you're supposed yes. to be. Yeah. Right so on I time there. Right on right time. Right on time. Yes, you Amen. are. And that is such a beautiful story. And I know, Lisa, when you were going through those those difficult things that you were not thinking, one day I'm going to be exactly where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> you were thinking, I'm stuck in Suckville and I don't know how <laughs> I'm getting out of this and this is no fun, right? And what is yes. going to happen next? And, you know, and there are listeners, there's many of them that are probably feeling that right now. And that's why it's so important that we share these stories because you know better and now you can tell them. And I think once we learn these lessons, we owe it to the other people to go back and tell them the truth, right? Like, listen, we've all been there and we all get through it and we're all grateful for it. And we come out better on the other side of it. Mm -hmm. And we're so grateful. And I know it doesn't feel like that right now, but I promise you, I've been there. I've seen it myself. And it's going to happen for you too. Yeah. And I just, and, yeah. I just love that. Oh my gosh. Well, this has just been amazing. So before we say goodbye, I would love to have you finish the sentence for me. The world would be a better place if more people knew blank. If more people knew they should follow the flutter of the things that excite and bring the passion out of them. It's like taking inspired action on something. It's a nudge. The flutter for me is the feeling I feel when, when I feel lit up or just like the spark of something feeling lit up. Like, should I, should I follow this thought? Yes, you should, because you're resilient. You'll figure it out. And honestly, if it flops, then you'll know you will know it won't be, you know, it's like some of those things just I'm pointing above my shoulders. Some of those, those flutters stay just above our shoulders and around us. And we know they're there, but we don't, we don't act on them. And I just think the world would be a better place if we, if we, what lights us up will light other people up. Like we all have something to offer. And so if I hadn't followed these flutters of excitement and passion and you know, this voice thread that I've shared with you today, I wouldn't be empowering women to take their message and go out and do well in the world. You know, it's like we, we need each other. We're this ecosystem. Um, and if, yeah, if we all just took that inspired action, the world would be 
pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. I think a lot of people are following, following that intuition, um, especially after the last few years, because our energy, our shifting of energy has maybe brought things to the surface, the things that are serving us and the things that we, we almost need to um, be able to push to the side and say, you know, that, that just no longer serves me that story, that job, that relationship, whatever that is, we kind of, uh, we know our energy is precious. And if we, if we ignited that flame, imagine what would be possible. I love it. Follow the flutter. Oh, that is so good. And I love everything that you added to it. And it just kind of unfolded. And I just love that. Thank you so much for being here. And to our listeners, I have no idea where you are in your life or your business. But if you're face down on the ground right now, get back up, girl. Get back up. You can do it. Tell them, Lisa. I mean... There is a lot of things, there are a lot of things possible within you. And as Cami mentioned earlier, she's so attuned to music. If this speaks to you, uh, start with a song that means something to you, put it on a playlist, add to it. Oh, that was the version of me three years ago. Who, who do I want to be next? Find a song that matches. What, what is my next, next step? And you could probably build yourself a pretty killer playlist of that's where I was. That's who I am now. And this is who I want to be. Uh, if you need a little nudge, if you need to rev your engine, music is one of those tools that's always available to you. I love it. Get back up, girl. Get back up. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.